everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Decision Hour. I'm Adam, and with me as always, Patty. Adam. What's up? <laughs> Every time I'm like, Adam. I know. <laughs> it's, it's, I wonder if people are starting to like differentiate the, uh, is that the right word? Did I say that right? Differentiate? Anyway. Yeah. Like the, yeah. the like they have the same intro and it's almost like the mm-hmm. same monotone every, every time. But then we, we jump into some shenanigan. Anyway. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you can tell like sometimes I'm like, Hey Adam, that's yeah. like a cruddy day. And then I'm like, Adam, yeah, that's like, like an awesome day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh we we have it's good things are going great um as always right um always cough cough uh, <laughs> we, yeah we uh we got a, a pretty awesome show lined up for our listeners today yes maybe i'm really excited about it i'm definitely excited so without further ado i want to bring on uh, today's guest. He is the uh, founder of Operation Valor. Um, great guy. I was just recently introduced to him. Uh, he sent me an email. Actually, had the chance to talk to him finally over the phone. Been following him and have known about him and his organization for, for quite a while. So anyway, without further ado, I want to bring him on right now, Mr. Sean Valagura. Sean, how you doing? I'm doing good, Adam. Thanks for having me on. Hey, appreciate you uh, taking time out of your busy schedule to come on and talk with uh, us and our listeners today. Oh, of course, of course. Thanks for having me. So listen, let's dive right into this. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Okay. Um, I am a U.S. Navy veteran, uh, grew up the son of a career Air Force officer, uh, go for uh Spent uh, spent quite a few years in the Navy, uh, Gulf War One vet uh, on board the USS John F. Kennedy as a bosun's mate. Um, got out and started working in the tech industry. Uh, I've worked for Dell, AMD, a few other tech companies. Uh, been in that industry for about 20 years. And I guess just about five and a half years ago, uh, I started Operation Valor uh, very unexpectedly. Um, I, I reconnected in late 2013 with an old friend of mine who I hadn't talked to in about, I guess it was about 15 years that we had been out of touch and we reconnected, uh, on a miscellaneous Facebook group of all places. And, uh, we we talked that evening and, you know, just kind of generally caught up. How's your family? You know, oh, hi. Wow. You've got kids now. That's great. You know, that kind of conversation. And we exchanged friend requests, of course, and, about every two or three weeks after that, in my Facebook feed, I would get, I would see these photos from him uh, at events that I learned uh, were called obstacle course races or OCRs. Okay. Um, now, me being a military guy and having done my fair share of uh, obstacle courses in my life, I, I reached out to him and said, "Hey, hey, Paul, tell me more about this. Uh, looks pretty cool." And uh, he said, oh, well, th- those are photos from uh, a Spartan race that I did up in Killington, Vermont, a few weeks ago. And we talked that night, I guess, for about an hour and a half. And he could tell I was interested. Um, so at the end of the conversation, he said, well, listen, um, there's a Spartan race coming up in, uh, in Austin, where I live. How about if I come down? He lives in Dallas. Uh, how about if I come down and we'll do it together in May? And I said, great. So at the time, I was a uh, competitive power lifter. So I put down the big heavyweights for a while and started doing a little bit more cardio. 
And uh, we uh, we went out there uh, in the middle of May in Burnett, Texas, and uh, and did this race. Um, I will admit that I was I was pretty arrogant going into this event. Uh, I've been a pretty decent athlete my whole life. Played a lot of sports growing up and whatnot. And um, having you know had some experience, uh, some decent experience in the military, uh, doing obstacle courses, I thought it was going to be an easy day. And man, was I wrong. I, <laughs> I, I got my butt kicked all day long. It was brutal. It was humbling. Um, being a, being a 290, 300 pound power lifter does not lend itself to being a very efficient runner. So, uh, I, the course was about nine, nine and a half miles that day. And it took me, if I remember right, seven hours and 19 minutes to finish that course. Wow. And when I got done, I had three broken bones in my right foot, one broken bone in my left foot, uh, a torn left groin and a high ankle sprain on my right foot. And you, and, and you paid for I, that. I was, yeah, I was, I was done, done. Um, I was, I'm, you know, saying I'm never going to do this again. Um, but when I started to reflect on the day and everything that happened, it, it started, it started to sink in. Um, our wave uh, left off at nine o'clock and then they would send off waves of about 300 people roughly every 15 minutes after that. So eventually me being a, a big fat slow guy, uh, the 915 wave eventually caught up with us, you know, maybe 25 minutes after we left. And the first people who come, you know, bounding by me like a, a herd of stampeding antelope, um, a lot of them, maybe even as many as half of them, w would say something encouraging to me specifically. You know, hey, man, stay strong or hey, big guy, you're doing great. Stuff like that. Well, coming from an upbringing of lots and lots of team sports, which are zero sum games, I actually thought these people were taunting me. I, I sincerely thought that, that they were just being mean and it started to make me mad. Um, but I didn't say anything, but then the 930 wave caught up to us another 25, 30 minutes later. And the same thing happened. And I started actually cussing at these people as they were coming by and, and, and shouting obscenities at them. And I got a lot of funny looks. And then, well, you know, another hour goes by and the 945 wave catches up and the same thing happens. Well, over the course of that seven hours and 19 minutes I was on the course, this happened all day. It didn't stop. And eventually, even a, a rock for brains bosun's mate like me figures out that, you know, maybe something's going on here. And the, the thing I didn't expect was that there's an instantaneous camaraderie between complete strangers out on this course that's forged in the, the certainly the sheared misery, uh, the exertion um, of that event that you're going through together. Right. And it occurred to me after I crossed the finish line and I'm sitting there with a towel over my head, crowbarring my shoes off my feet, that... I hadn't felt that since I was on active duty in the Navy. Um, it really was that same, that same feeling, that same sense um, that I had, you know, with, with uh, the people that I served with. And I didn't even realize that I was missing it really up until that moment. Right. So when I got home, you know, I realized right then and there that 
these were people that I wanted to do more things with. The, this was my this was my tribe, and and I wanted to go and do more events with these people. So when I got home, I went online and looked for the, where the next event was going to be, and come to find out it was in uh, late October in Dallas, Texas. Now, one thing you need to know about these events is that they're never actually located in the cities where they're advertised. Right. Uh, right. So the Austin race wasn't actually in Austin. It was 45 minutes north of here in a small town called Burnett, Texas. Yep. Well, likewise, the Dallas race isn't in Dallas. It's an hour and a half southwest of there in a small town by the name of Glen Rose, Texas. <clears throat> now, in 2014, Glen Rose was pretty infamous. And me being a Navy guy, it set off alarm bells in my head. So I went online and did a little searching and come to find out the the venue where Spartan Race does their Dallas event is the same exact property where Navy SEAL Chris Kyle and his best friend Chad Littlefield were shot and killed in February of 2013. Right. Uh, apparently, I was the first person in the OCR community to connect all the dots. So I reached out to my racing team. Uh, I'm actually the captain of them now, but I wasn't back in 2014, uh, the Lone Star Spartans, and said, you know, listen, hey, guys, did you know about this? And, of course, they didn't. And, and they had a little quick little emergency meeting and came back to me about 30 minutes later and said, hey, we know you're a Navy guy, and we know you got friends in that community. Would you mind putting together something to, to honor and pay tribute to Chris and Chad? As a veteran, that's just something you don't say no to. Right. Um, right. So that first year, uh, I did a really crappy T-shirt design. And I know it was crappy because I'm the one who did it, and I have zero <laughs> artistic talent. It was terrible, and I've tried to scrub the Internet of all evidence that I ever did that. Uh, but we, we printed up 150 of those shirts, and I literally sold them out of the back of my car at the event. And if I remember right, we sold 146 of them, and the four that were left over, I sent to uh, Chris Kyle's younger brother, Jeff, uh, in Waco. And that was it. We, we pretty much uh, washed our hands and patted each other on the back and said, you know, that we did our good deed for the day. Uh, we raised about uh, $1,840-something, and uh, Lone Star Spartans kicked in enough to round it off to an even 2000 and I wrote two $1,000 checks that first year. Uh, one of them went to the Chris Kyle Memorial Fund, uh, which supported uh, Chris's widow and their children mm -hmm. uh, directly. And the other one went to Guardian for Heroes, which is the foundation that Chris himself started when he got out of the teams. Um, and, and like I said, we, we were done. Um, we, we thought we had done a little, a little bit of good in the world, and, and we kind of moved on. Well, about two, two and a half weeks later, I come home from work one day and my Facebook feed had just absolutely exploded. And I had about, if I, if I remember, it was about 270, 280 private messages waiting for me. Oh, um, apparently what had happened is Jeff Kyle had gotten those shirts and thrown one on and had his wife take a couple photos, posted it up on Facebook, and he tagged me on it. And everybody on the planet apparently suddenly wanted one of these shirts. So <laughs> it was kind of in that moment where, Sean, wait a minute. Was you know, this, I looked, this is the shirt that you're trying to be rid of 
the the artwork. Yeah, yeah. Right? okay. Just making yeah, sure. This is, the making one, sure. this is the one that I'm trying to the, I'm trying to hide yeah, from. This from is the important rest of the world for us to know that that's what it was. So okay, got it. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, you know, the one person that was helping me back then, you know, we kind of looked at each other and said, maybe we've tapped into something here and maybe we can use this as a vehicle to, to help veterans. So I, I guess really it was that moment where Operation Valor was born. And we sat down and said, well, OK, we, we've got a vehicle here. What do we want to do? And when we, we went and started doing some research, we found that back in 2014, there were over 46,000 nonprofit organizations dedicated to veteran issues. 46,000. You know, it doesn't take a big leap of logic to think that probably every good idea that I can come up with, 100 or 200 people have already come up with that idea, and probably three to five of them are doing an exceptionally good job. So we, we thought perhaps that maybe a direct support type of role wasn't what we needed to do and, and how we could best serve the community. The idea that kind of popped in our heads was, what if we can provide information to the public even, even to the veteran community, on which of these organizations are doing an exceptionally good job, not just in terms of how they handle their money, but also in terms of the services and programs that they provide to the veteran community. Right. So it became our mission to each year go out uh, and vet uh, a certain, you know, a certain number of these organizations to become our beneficiaries for the year. Um, normally, that's between oh five and seven, five, six, seven, uh, you know, chair five hundred one c three charities uh, who specifically work in the veteran space, and we put on events to raise money and awareness. Uh, for those charities. Uh, this year, our beneficiaries are in no particular order. Uh, the Adaptive Training Foundation in Dallas, Texas. Okay. Uh, the Lieutenant Mike Murphy Navy SEAL Museum in upstate New York. The Lone Survivor Foundation out of Houston, Texas. Uh, the Vetted Foundation here in Austin. The Navy SEAL Family Foundation out in Coronado, California. Mm -hmm and Operation Enduring Warrior uh, based in Virginia. Yep. And at the end of the year, uh, we take all of the net funds that, that we raise and we split it up between those organizations uh, to help support them in their mission, to help support uh, uh, paying for the various services that they provide to the veteran community. I love it. Um, and that's quite a few... <laughs> I got, I'm trying to pick one question to ask here. You, there's so many. Is it hard to put together uh, different events uh, for each of these organizations? How does how do you guys decide which events you're going to do? And I'm assuming each event goes towards that specific organization. So if I look at it, four or five, there's six of them for this year. Does that mean you're holding six different events? For this no, year that each um, one goes and how does actually that the way out? that we work it is we pool all the money from all the events and then we split it between the beneficiaries. Nice. Um, the way that we go about uh, creating these events, 
largely is rooted in recent military historical events. So we obviously started with the event out in Glen Rose at the end of October uh, for Chris and Chad. And that, that event will always be there. Um, we've since added some additional events. Uh, the first one being uh, at the end of June, we do an event uh, to remember the 19 guys who were killed on uh, Operation Red Wings. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if you've seen uh, the movie Lone Survivor or read the book by Marcus Luttrell of the same name, uh, if you know his story, uh, that's, that's an event specifically for the Lone Survivor Foundation. Um, we do another event coming up here uh, the first week of August uh, for the 31 special operators who were killed uh, in a similar incident where a Chinook helicopter was shot down by an RPG uh, extortion 17 uh, on August 6th. Uh, we do an event for them as well. Uh, to remember them. Uh, a lot of people have never heard of that event. Uh, they've not heard of Extortion 17. Uh, there's no movie. There have been a few books. Uh, Ed Derrick, a good friend of mine, he wrote a, a really outstanding um, uh, biography of uh, everything that transpired there a couple years ago that I recommend. Uh, but it's it didn't uh, there wasn't a movie there wasn't a whole lot of media behind it so it's it's largely gone unnoticed by the public especially now that it's eight years after the fact uh, and then uh, uh, the first weekend of April this year it happened to be on April first uh, we do our uh, celebrity charity golf tournament uh, up in Arlington uh, Texas um, and that's that's become a really fantastic event as well. Nice. So you guys got a, quite a few things that are that are that that go on. Uh, first off, let me let me say this real quick, folks. If you're listening to the show right now, that means you're already online. Open up another browser and go to opvalor.org. That's o p v a l o r dot o r g, uh, and check out the website. They have a donate button. If you'd like to do make a donation, that'd be greatly appreciated. Uh, make sure you check it out. You have something here. Um, on the website about become a partner. What exactly is that for those that uh, listeners out there that either have a business uh, or would like to become a partner of Operation Valor? Right. Uh, part of what I've discovered over the years is that there's a segment of the population that's incredibly passionate about helping veterans and helping the community. Uh, there, there's lots of different aspects uh, to what veterans need and, and where they, they need help, whether it be, you know, PTS, whether it be homelessness, whether it be uh, suicide prevention. But a big part of the confusion, especially in the civilian uh, sector, is they don't know who to, to support. They don't know, you know, there have been, unfortunately, in recent years, some stories out in the national press about some organizations that, you know, weren't doing the, the right things with their finances. Um, so there's, there's a little bit of hesitation. So uh, our mission to kind of vet those organizations and tell people we have independently verified these organizations and we put our name on the line to tell you that these folks, these organizations are doing the right thing. So we, we started this partner program 
for uh, you know individuals for sure, but also businesses uh, to link up with us because um, obviously I can't reach out to every single person and every single business every year. And you know, as our website or as our, our name gets in front of other people, they may be interested and they may like our mission. And this is a way for them to reach out to us and say, hey, we like what you're doing. We want to support you guys. What can we do? So it establishes an avenue of communication directly between us and uh, in the person or their organization. Love it. Love it. Um, Sean, we're getting close to time here. I want to, again, folks, if you're listening, open up another browser, go to opvalor.org. Uh, I want to make sure, Sean, I ask you this question. Uh, it's a question that we ask all of our uh, guests that we have on the show. Name a time in your life where your feet were on the line and you had to make that decision. Now, we know we make decisions every day, but Pick a time in your life where, where you had to make that decision. What was the decision? And explain what the atmosphere was like for you at that time. Sure. Sure. Um, I'll, I'll actually tell you a quick little story that, uh, that I don't tell uh, a whole lot of people. When I, uh, when I first started my journey in the military, I actually uh, started out in the Marine Corps. I was depth in and had signed all the paperwork and gone to MEPS and was just waiting on my ship date. And uh, this, I was coming out of uh, Montgomery, Alabama, which was also the, the location for the regional depth center. And all four of the, the branch recruiters were in the same building, literally in the same hallway. Uh, the Marine recruiter, recruiter and Air Force recruiter were on the left-hand side and the Army and Navy were on the right-hand side. Well, one day I was coming up uh, to see my Marine Corps recruiter, and these Navy guys um, in their working whites were walking out to lunch. And one of the guys who had this cheesy mustache just stopped and and said, "Hey, man, what are you what are you doing?" And I, you know, said, "Hey, I'm going going to go see my uh, my recruiter." And it started this conversation. And he said, um, well, why don't you stop by after that and, uh, and let's talk. There might be, you know, some, uh, some things that we have to offer that you may not have considered. And at first I was slightly amused but didn't seriously consider it. But <laughs> after I got done talking to my Marine Corps recruiter, I had some time. So I stopped by and he sat down and he took a look at my ASFAB scores and whatnot. And he said, you know what, you really need to be on our nuclear propulsion program. Let me show you about this. And he, he gave me the 10-minute the, the spiel, and I was hooked immediately and was able to get a transfer from the Marine Corps uh, depth program to, to the Navy. And, and I, I made that decision right then and there and, and thought that, you know, this was a better fit for me. Uh, that decision, it, you know, looking back on it, it was one of those uh, life-altering decisions that you don't necessarily fully appreciate in the moment uh but it, it shaped who i am and and what i've done since then uh i loved my time in the navy um i would have loved to you know spent time in the marine corps too love those guys as well but um my time in the navy was special uh and uh, i'm thankful for the time that i did have that's awesome that's the first time we've had a store or a decision hour like that ever uh, that's really cool. That's a cool story. We appreciate you sharing uh, sharing that with us and our listeners. 
Sean, any parting words before we let you go? Uh, I just want to thank everybody for their amazing uh, support over the years. Uh, this year has been particularly difficult for me. I recently was, uh, I just got out of the hospital actually a couple weeks ago. And it's been uh, physically for me, it's been really tough. Uh, emotionally, it's been really tough. So I want to thank everybody who has, uh, who's reached out to me this year and given me some support and sent their prayers uh it's meant the world to me so thank you for that absolutely sean thank you and folks again uh reach out uh take a look at opvalor.org that's o-p-v-a-l-o-r.org get involved either make a donation or find out how you can support and uh either become a partner or volunteer at uh one of their events that they have coming up so sean thank you again thanks adam i appreciate you making time for me absolutely have a good one Thanks, you too. Great interview, great guy. Operation Valor, make sure you check them out, opvalor.org, O-P-V-A-L-O-R.org. Sean, thanks again for for being on the show. That's all the time that we have today, folks. Before we let you go, we got to give a shout-out to our network sponsors, Heroes Media Group. Go check them out. Great shows uh, joining every month. New shows joining every month, I should say, and um, a lot of good content that they're starting to pump out over there. So go check them out at heroesmediagroup.com. That's heroesmediagroup.com. For Patty, I'm Adam. Until next time, you've been listening to The Decision Hour.